Welcome to the Rumple and the Frog Show for Stitchers. I'm Rumple. And I'm the frog, providing you with an enchanting escape of stitches and stories. <laughs> we are so glad you've joined us for fairy tales, fiber tales, and conversation about our most favorite thing. Yarn! Yarn. <laughs> All right. So in today's episode, we'll be discussing unique, one-of-a-kind things that come in singles. Yes. Or they come one at a time. <laughs> Uh, but before we do, we'll start with a conversation about what we're making. Uh, and it looks like those things are sort of under the theme of singles as well. Mostly. So, <laughs> mostly. Mostly. Yes. So exciting. I love this theme. You have lots of single glory. I do. Do you want me to start? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So for preparation for today, I decided to just explore singles as a type of yarn just the idea of a single ply yarn so for you listeners if you're not sure what we mean um and you'll probably get into this later right yeah um, but essentially out. there's no plying because when the yarn is spun that one single action creates the yarn that we're going to use it's not as though we have one or more strands that are plied or twisted together or yep. put together in some other construction technique that we can use for yes. yarn. So I looked, I made all swatches of singles yarns that are in mustache uh, that I wanted You're so to explore. good. Yeah. And also it was one of my uh, fiber new year's resolutions, which if you're curious about, you can go back and listen to our mm -hmm. wrap up episode. Uh, one of my fiber new year's resolutions was to explore singles because I've always had sort of a thing about them <laughs> i tend to avoid singles yarn in the yarn shop and so now that you've swatched with some how are you uh starting it's, to feel about that well so <laughs> all right let's talk about it so one of the <laughs> things that i like about applied yarn especially in a, a yarn with a nice round bounce or a tight twist is i really love the stitch definition mm -hmm. i love the sort of elasticity of it um, the right, the way that it's the fabric becomes very regular on its own without necessarily a lot of steaming or blocking sometimes because it's yeah. just so regular in it's when it's plied. Um, so I have, you know, wondered about how flat a fabric might be. If I use a singles, I've often worried about felting in some mm -hmm. cases, if I don't want it to be felted. And I've also worried about pilling in places where it would be really abraded, like the underarm or the wrist cuff or yeah. Uh, because yep. you're just going to lose fiber out when it's not plied tightly. That's just a thing that could happen. So, you know, or if I were to like accidentally walk into a Velcro wall. <laughs> oh, that's detrimental to any knitter. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a knitter's oh, like nightmare. <laughs> like if we were to create like a knitter's escape room, <laughs> there would be like Velcro <laughs> wrecking balls, like, oh my gosh, around and there the would floor be floor is Velcro. The ceiling is yes. Velcro. The and then there would Velcro. be like, there would be like moths everywhere flying oh, around. No. It would be like a knitter's nightmare. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. And <laughs> lots of cats. Cats. Yep. Yeah. Cats. And, and mice and squirrels. Those are yep. also fibers, quarters. I know. Quarters. So that's such a funny <laughs> thought. I love it. We should create like a. Oh, I don't want like to a do little that. horror movie, <laughs> like a little short horror film of a knitter, oh like gosh. trapped in all these. I love this. This is great. Let's do that. Okay. Oh my project for Rumpel and the Frog. All right. Oh back to Yes. <laughs> so I, uh, 
those are the reasons why I haven't always preferred singles because I like to knit garments for wear. So, so those were your preconceived notions. Oh, look at that. She's just saying it out loud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> those are my preconceived notions. Okay. All right. Well, I have oh. swatched three glorious, amazing, beautifully crunchy, sheepy different mm-hmm. yarns. You want to see? I'll take you through them. I will okay. go. Let's see. I'm going to go from largest to smallest. Largest Engaged. weight of yarn. Largest weight. Okay. Okay. Ta-da. Mmm, delicious. I know what that is. Mm -hmm. This is Malabrigo Rasta. Yep, I brought some too. Oh, gosh. Is it something? Look at that. First of all, the dyeing technique, so fun. This is like speckly and splotched and splashed and amazing. Yes. This is called, let me get my notes. This is called Cherry Vanilla. Oh, yummy. And I want to eat it too. I know it does. It looks like a ice cream sundae. Uh, It's 90 yards and 150 grams, 100% merino wool. And they recommend a size 13 to 15 Mm -hmm. US needle. You're going to get about two to three stitches per inch. It is super bulky and Mm -hmm. amaze balls. I love it. So fun. So, so is this your, this is your first time ever working with Rasta? I think so. Because I think oh I look gosh. at it in the store and I go, Mm-mm, not you singles moving on. You have been missing out my friend. I think I have. I think I have. Well, I, I am certain you have. <laughs> oh, this is amazing. It's almost like a felted already a little bit, right? It is. I think it is semi felted actually, which as far as so awesome durability concerns, you know, maybe that will help you feel better. Um, but you know, this is not a yarn that is designed to be like a hard wearing yarn. Right. It's super soft. It's luxurious. Mm-hmm. And if you're making something with this, you're probably not making an item that is meant to have heavy wear. Exactly. Um, unless you're gonna continue the felting process in full the thing you make, which for those of you who haven't heard my tangents before falling <laughs> what you do to knitted items made of animal fibers that you shrink. It's not called felting. That's right. I, it's my pet peeve. And oh, I have the same one word nerd that I am. <laughs> so, yes. so this is just a hat. Yeah. Um, okay. This is just a quick knit hat. It's, I think it's like all of 35 rows. Um, and I can talk about it later in foraging. Cause I, put that hat pattern in the foraging section. Oh, okay. For, yeah. For I was going to ask you, but I'll wait. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's great. Would I make a sweater with it? No, I would not. Um, also cost wise, mm-hmm. we're talking about a high end, I think skein yeah. of yarn. It's like a $26 probably. Um, yeah. Depending on yarn. where you go. It's and, yeah. Yeah. And so I think it's totally worth it. Um, I <laughs> certainly don't, if I was going to buy a sweaters quantity of yarn. So if I'm going to spend <sighs> over a hundred dollars, on yarn for a sweater, I would want the wear out of that sweater. Yep. Uh, unlike this yarn. So this was, it's a one skein wonder is what I'd say. Make yourself a cowl, awesome. make yourself and a friend, a headband, get a hat yeah. out of it, get two hats out of it by doing some two color technique or something. Yep. Um, so my theory about sweaters still holds, but I love this one. <laughs> okay. I'm going to move to oh. bachelorette number two. And who is she? <laughs> Behind door number two, we have Noro Ito, which I showed you when we were prepping. Before. Yes. And it? it is 
a beautiful. So so beautiful. For people who have not yet discovered Ito from Noro, can you just describe what you get when you buy a ball of Noro Ito? <laughs> so fun. Okay, first of all, I wouldn't it's more like a barrel. Yeah. <laughs> and it's ball. solid, right? Yeah, that it's like a solid, solid uh beautiful barrel, mm-hmm. barrel-shaped cake of yarn. Yeah. Um, easy to center pull. You can see the striping in it, the way the put up is you kind of get a really good sense of the subtle striping that it will do. Mm -hmm. It is a little bit thick and thin, which is never my favorite thing. That's another reason I don't love singles. Um, but it's a little bit, (laughs) it's a little bit thick and thin. Uh, but this, the, the charm of this is the way, the ways I think it's a little bit rustic where you get some slubby bits, you get some, what feel like almost tweety bits. Mm -hmm. And this hundred percent wool is really got a nice crunch to it. Yep. Um, and I am really, really enjoying the super woolly feel of it. Yeah. Um, this I have sweater intentions for. Excellent. Yes. So that is going to happen. I'm excited about that. Awesome. And, um, and, and it's a multi-directional sweater, which I'll show you in the foraging. I'm excited to hear more about this. really show off um, so the self-striping. You have to tell us though, because I don't remember. I know it's insane, but how many yards are in that? Because I right. know it is. Yeah. Crazy. It's not as big as like, they have one called bocce. It's even bigger. Um, in that this, weight? No, it's a bulky weight, but that barrel okay. is like yeah. huge. So I'm looking at my beautiful little Noro tag here. Let me see. <laughs> okay. So you're going to, it's a 200 gram put up. So you're basically getting a two, two for, yep. uh, 400 meters. Okay. So a little over 400 yards for yep. those and of us in yardage land. Yep. And they're <laughs> suggesting a US seven to eight. So it's like a worsted, heavy worsted. Yeah. Yep. So how I do love you, it. Yeah. I'm excited about it. And your swatch looked a little bit textured. Yes, I put a pearl row in. This is a good trick for you knitters out there. I switched needle sizes. Uh-huh. So I put a pearl row in mm-hmm. so that I could see when I measure it again, the new needle size. Another trick yeah. when doing this sort of experiment is in the stitch pattern, whether it's stocking knit or whatever, you can create eyelets to denote the number needle you're using in case you forget to make notes. So let's say you're using a size five. Yep. Do yarn over, knit two together, then like knit one or two stitches until you have five eyelets. And then you can always go back if you've forgotten and say, oh, well, there's five eyelets. So I know I used, if we're talking US terms, I used a US five. So smart. This is why knitters, we have to talk. Cause these are the kinds of tricks I love. <sighs> like when somebody just said, why don't you just put up a row of pearl bumps in there before you change needle sizes? Yeah. That. And that's like, perfect. But I thought, why did I think of that? Why didn't well, I think of that? Why, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We got to talk. Yeah. <laughs> it is beautiful. I will say that, um, I really like the fabric I'm getting on the eight better than I'm starting to get on the nine. And okay. one thing I'm going to use it for a Noro pattern that calls for this yarn. So there shouldn't be yarn substitution issues, but I'm going to get a smaller sweater, which is okay because it well, is a one size wonder. They do that. Sometimes these Noro patterns, they really like to shoot the middle of sort of small, medium, mm. and they have a lot of patterns that are written for a 42 inch bust. It's oversized on someone with a smaller frame. Yeah. 
still has positive ease on maybe middle frame, good fit on somebody, maybe on a little bit of a larger frame, but they certainly don't have a lot of sizing inclusivity in some of their patterns mm. that they write. Yeah. Um, so just putting that out there because make sure you check that when you buy an Enoro pattern. Um, and you want to use their yarn too, or make right. a substitution, I suppose. Yeah. Make sure you really read that and you know, you know, you know your own measurements because this one, for example, is sized for one size, small slash medium. Oh man. You know, that drives me nuts. And frankly, the last handful of years, especially these last, I would say two years, maybe more size inclusivity has really been booming. And we as knitters who are in different shapes and sizes designers, that's right. (laughs) Um, and companies who design, uh, you know, having more sizes, I think will actually, I think does help sell patterns too, because it makes them more accessible to a broader range of body types and sizes, which really like, isn't that one of the reasons some of us make our own things to wear? Exactly. You can get them better fitting. It's so to the handmade wardrobe to not have more size inclusivity. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'll just caution that not every Noro pattern is like that. Um, yeah. the one I have in mind for this one is, and so I think instead of the sort of boyfriend oversized look that, which that's they, what this is. Yeah. And it looks great that they, um, that they show that's your weekender. Yes. And it's in Noro. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So I think I'm gonna get something a little closer fit or I may ditch it for a different, different pattern. Um, yeah. but well, I'm looking forward later to seeing and hearing more about the pattern. Yes. Hmm. All right. My last one is the mystery wool. Yeah. I am curious about this. So I clicked on this link. Uh, I don't know where to look to find stuff. Like kind of won't. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I have this wonderful neighbor who's a knitter who bestowed upon me the unwanted yarn. Yes. Uh, The attic clear out. And in the unwanted yarn, was the most amazing lightweight singles yarn. Ooh. It looks very you. lovely. It this is all natural. Let me show you my little. Yeah, that looks really nice. It looks like it has a sheen or is that because of the light? I think that's the, the lighting. Okay. Um but it's really great. So this yeah. all natural right off the sheep color, which is like a creamy sheep and it has a little bit of grays and browns naturally in it. And then, and these skeins were really generous. They were sometimes six ounces instead of four. Mm. They were irregular, these skeins. Ooh. So there's a bunch of natural. And then there was one very generous skein in a rose red and one in a skein in like a dusty pink. <gasps> oh. oh, do I have plans for this? Let me tell you. I'm oh. so excited. How much yardage do you think you have? So I think... Like roughly. I wish I had my notes out because I did wraps per inch to sort of give myself the best guess at what the mystery yarn is. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I think it is between, I feel like it's about a sport, fingering to sport weight. Yeah. Okay. So you have, it sounds kind of like you might have a sweaters quantity. Is that true? Do you think? 
Yeah. I think I do. And I'm going to go mm-hmm. for a short sleeved. Ooh. So I will share that with you later. All right. But I'm so I'm curious though about this Christopher Sheep farm thingy. Okay. So this like, Christopher, it's in me. What's going correct? on with that? So I the label. Oh yeah. Let me back up. So the label, there was a, this, so this is vintage yarn. It's okay. they had an old school little brown tag on it that was like folded labeled, and it said four ounces. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it really, I was like, okay, I'm going to try wraps per inch. I'm going to swatch it. I'm going to wash it. I'm going to sniff it. I'm going to do all these things to try to figure <laughs> out exactly what I'm dealing with. So I know I can tell I'm definitely dealing with a hundred percent wool, yeah. um, non super wash. It's all natural. Um, it's, I definitely think that I'm in like a sport weight. Um, my swatch was on a size four needle, got about yeah. six inches per inch here, which is right on target for the sweater that I'm going to make with it. And it's awesome and rustic. It's so beautiful. Like I'm pulling hay out of this yarn. I'm pulling guard <laughs> hair. I'm getting the occasional guard <laughs> hair as well. Oh yeah. Um, so for you listeners, that's the, the occasional really coarse spikier. Mm-hmm. Um, they poke out hair They're that pokes out identify um yeah. i think like a lopey yarn has a lot of that going on um but it's been really fun and it it's it's got some lanolin it's still it feels like a little bit in the grease even yeah like it's got i've got a lot of sheepy lanolin happening when i'm working with it it's just really earthy crunchy all natural awesomeness and awesome. this is a beautiful fabric and it's very it regular yeah and i'm excited to try it so yay a little bit thick and thin, but, and also I just noticed like just creating the fabric, the, the draw on the yarn and the, and the wrapping, it is already, um, clinging to itself, even in the mm-hmm. making of a stitch, like in the single action of pulling the loop and making a knitted stitch. Yeah. It wants to c- click with itself. Um, well, so and it's, I can talk more about why. <laughs> yeah. But, and yeah. maybe you can give me some advice like metal or wood, you know, because I, it is slowing me down a little. And I found that to be, hmm. um, you know, it's like picking a lobster or ordering a lobster roll. You know what I mean? <laughs> like there's picking a lobster is awesome too, for the process and very rewarding. So I'm finding that it works slowly for me because, okay. um, it is so sticky interesting so christopher sheep farm i think it's somewhere in maine i did find big lots of the yarn um i did in the when it first came into my life i looked on ebay okay i found a couple of lots yeah um but it's really i think it i don't know what it is how you can still get it i don't know if you yeah call these people i don't know if you have to drive up to a farm i don't know how you do this but it yeah it feels really um special to me there is a phone number and a link for an email on their website but it's like the tiniest print at the bottom of their site. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's no shop or other thing. There's the yeah. yarn colors, but there's no like way to buy them as far as I can tell. Right. <laughs> it's like to um, place an order call. So. Yeah. 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 So I think it's kind of cool and vintagey and that feels like a real yarn rescue. I'm so excited that it's yeah. not in her attic anymore. I'm really <laughs> thrilled. I think I can't wait. I think that's going to be my spring sweater project because awesome. of the short sleeves. Yeah. Cool. That sounds good. All right. So those are all the single ladies. Yay. <laughs> so why don't I go right into, before I talk about some of my current projects, um, I'll go right into 
spinning singles. Yeah. And the singles yarns. So I guess I'll start by saying that in the next two, one or two episodes, I'll talk a little bit more about the lore and legend of spun fibers. Awesome. But that won't factor into right now. Oh, anyway, good. Give us so there, <laughs> there's as many of you, especially if you are a spinner, you've probably heard that there's two twist directions a yarn can be, whether it's Z or S twist. A Z twist is clockwise and S twist is counterclockwise. Um, and singles, as you know, are just spun fibers. And if they're meant to stay a singles yarn and not be plied, they actually really need to be spun with less twist in them. Mm. And that's because a singles yarn is always active because mm-hmm. it has no partner. Yeah. Like hug. So it's when like a you, free agent. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so when you were talking about knitting with it and it's like sticking to itself, think about that twist as it's getting knit or even crocheted or whatever you're doing with it. It's finally got somewhere to kind of hug on to. Mm-hmm. Um but a lot of the things you said, or probably all of the things you said, really are true. A singles yarn, I'm going to say almost always, is weaker. It's not mm-hmm. necessarily as strong as applied yarn. Um, now, there are catches to that. Sometimes you can find a singles yarn that has been felted or semi-felted. Like the Rasta, I yeah. think, is ever so slightly felted. And they yeah. might even say that on their website. I think it would be sure. hard. Like if you tried to break it, I think it would be challenging. Yeah. Well, it's also a very thick yarn. Yeah. So that one, yeah. I think, yeah, it's not like the easiest one to just. Yeah. <laughs> but this like Christopher Sheep one. Oh, yeah. Christopher Sheep Farm one, you can just pull it. Right. Oh, so yeah. without creating fabric, it doesn't have any strength to it. Right. It's very it weak. Be made yeah. into fabric. So I yep. think that's a really good point that you're raising. I think. Um, that people might shy away because it seems fragile, but once it's knitted into a fabric, you're giving oh, it the structure it needs. Yeah. And once it's knitted up, it's your, your thing's not going to fall apart. I promise <laughs> it will Good. not fall apart. All, so think about all those stitches, like they're all interlocking mm-hmm. and they're hugging each other. They're building the durability. So it's not, it, it's not going to come apart. I mean, if you were making if you are using a singles yarn that's lace on, I'm going to be, this is absolutely absurd, but on like a size 30 needle, which, you know, that's bonkers big. That's bad choices. It, all yeah. Around. You're going to have weaker fabric because it's crazy open. Right. I mean, that's a really extreme example, but yeah. um, singles like you had thought they do pill more frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, however, on the note of pilling, I do want people to know that any fiber, regardless of its whether it's synthetic or natural, and regardless of the length and the quality and whether it's a single or applied, can pill. Um, fibers that they're like staple length, the length that each fiber is, the longer they are, the less prone to pilling they are. Right. The shorter they are, the more prone. And guess what? The shorter fibers tend to be the softer fibers. Mm-hmm. So they tend to pill more. 
Um, so that's just something for people to keep in mind. And I think there are quite a few singles yarns that are a finer fiber, like merino mm-hmm. or cashmere, even yep. or blends. And those are going to pill. Yep. <laughs> like they that's are. what's going to happen. Yeah. And especially if you're wearing them in on a part of your body that has a lot of abrasion. Yeah. Um, yep. And I mean, that that's just the nature of it. Anyway. Okay. I digress. Um, Love it. This <laughs> makes me so happy. And then what else did I want to say? Oh yeah. So singles, the other kind of amazing and beautiful thing about singles is that very often they're lofty and can be super warm. Mm-hmm. So even though you may not want to make a pair of socks in a singles yarn, making a cozy sweater or cowl hat, or even like just general wear mittens, Mm -hmm. those are all good things because it's going to help keep you really warm. And if you're making something that is color work, you'll actually help build in some extra durability if you're using singles. Awesome. Um, So helpful. And also just so listeners know what we mean too, when we're talking about loft, we're talking about Mm. the amount of air that can get trapped in there. Right. Um, And so it's that warm air or that air that gets trapped in the fibers that can hold heat. Mm -hmm. Um, The loft that's built into a yarn is where sometimes, in addition to the fiber content as well, but is where some of that next to skin warmth, um, Mm -hmm. maintaining body heat can happen. And so lofty fibers are great for that. So for hats and things like that. Yeah. So I, you know, I think you're finding, don't shy away from them. I hope that's what you're finding. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I all of my uh, yarn stashing, you know, post-holiday sort of purchases have been with an eye towards my goal of of yeah. using and working with singles and uh, awesome learning to love it. So, so Good. fun. Good. All right. Now, come on, tell me about okay. Wolfie dolls and things that you've been up to before um, we get to our theme of singles is in terms of lore, because you've got well, unicorns coming later, right? Oh, so many units. Oh my gosh. All right. So we got to right, get so, to it all today. It's amazing. This sweater oh, on this so wolfie cute. is hand spun singles. It's beautiful. And I put a pocket on it today. And you today, put a kangaroo actually. pocket on it. Oh yes. my goodness. So I just thought I would share this one. And this was really cool. um, Malabrigo Noob or Nube. I'm not sure how it's pronounced. But Lovely. I spun. And so here's the three that I've recently finished. Not they're not finished actually, but have worked on. They're great. Um, and this We're looking at Wolfie one, dolls, by the way, just to be clear. Yes. And these are hand stitched, or actually, this one I machine sewed because mm-hmm. I was practicing that. But yep. these two are hand stitched, and this little creamy one is the base model for the sewing pattern I'm writing up as a tutorial for my shop. Um, So I'm excited about that. It took way longer to make than I thought because I was stopping so frequently to take pictures. Of course. Um, But I'm using my favorite material, wool felt. Yeah. It looks beautiful. And these. That's a really nice sort of like um, cloudy, stormy, light gray. Yeah. It's a heathered. cloth so it's not solid whereas 
um, like this one, it's like straight up bubblegum pink. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and your stitches by um, hand are really so meticulous and neat and beautiful. They're such a gorgeous decorative element. I am obsessed and obsessive about it. Thank you. <laughs> Do you pick them out too when you get a little off, when you go a little crooked? Are you you're oh. like, oh, I'm taking you out. Yes, I do. I love um, it. Okay, I folks. So do. when you see pictures of these, just a reminder uh, that you can't stitch by hand at, with this level of perfection without being a little bit Crazy. erotic about it <laughs> and being willing to. Un- so you know, yeah, that I'm- just something to keep in mind that Rumple has been hand stitching with that sort of meticulous. I mean, the tracks on those are like. I'm like, I, but I, it's like drawing to me. That's what, so for example, like this pink one that this is not done yet, but like, this is like drawing the stitching on the head and what's going into the body now. Um, and drawing was my first creative love. And I have, I just have to incorporate it in other things. We're back. <laughs> Okay. After, Hopefully that yeah. <laughs> splicing that future me will do will work because our internet dropped out first time ever. Yeah. But you know what? Hey, it had to happen at some point. It's okay. Okay. Right. So now you are oh. going to show me your Wolfie dolls that you've been working on. Yes. Here's three that I am working on now. And I am using wolf felts and this particular one I'm going to show you first has a little knit sweater and I so wanted to show cute. this one because it's with hand spun singles yarn. I love it. And I love dolls with sweaters on sort of like Winnie the Pooh with his red <gasps> t-shirt because it yes. just points out the dude's not wearing pants. I mean, he's an animal <laughs> or a wild animal. <laughs> oh, I love the toy. idea that we put a sweater on your wolf, but no pants. So I know. cute. It looks well, great. Look at that. It has a little bit of ribbing and a kangaroo pocket even. Yes. I thought you were off tiny knitting. This wasn't. This was an, I knit on an eight. It's just a small item. It's just a small item. All right. You got yeah. me there. It's not okay. tightly knit. So there's a difference between tiny knitting and knitting something at a really tight gauge. That's true. And I That's happen true. to knit things that are tiny on a tight gauge. Yes, I understand. <laughs> it's like the difference between oh. tiny house living or just minimalist decor. They are not the same. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, and in so. the world of tiny, though, when we dropped, when the internet decided it wasn't cool for us to talk anymore, which I'm yeah, going to hold punk. against it all day long, uh, I was just having to say again that your hand stitching is remarkable. It really is. And that well, doesn't come you. without lack of... Um, a desire for that kind of precision and also practice. Right. I mean, yeah, uh, your average person just as friendly and forgiving as wool felt is. And that's why we love it. Yes. To just pick up and do some (laughs) hand stitching like that. Come on, man. Like it looks amazing. Well, thank you. I'm a little bit obsessed. (laughs) That's so cool. Um, And this one is your mock-up for your pattern. Yes. So this like cream colored one, naked one, the (laughs) naked one. And I'm just trying to get here so you can see it's like a heathered felt. Beautiful. Um, and I do just for anyone listening, um, I do use a hundred percent wool felt. Uh, I have tried blends and synthetics and I just think the 100% wool felt is the best. It is. So there's my snobbery and I'm sticking to it. Hey man. Um, (laughs) yeah. So this one I'm excited because I just finished it this morning, actually. 
um, for the pattern tutorial that I'm writing up. Um, it took much longer because I had to stop frequently for pictures and all this mm -hmm. other stuff, mm -hmm. you know? Yep. Um, and then I have this one that I've been working on. It's bubblegum pink. And There's I'm just a surface design on it with yeah. your stitches. Yeah. And I'm really enjoying just stitching going with the flow. Um, yeah, that's cool. So this one is not done. I don't know how much more I will or will not stitch on it. I'm kind of just going with it. So yeah. I don't have a plan. It's more just an exploration, I guess. Yeah. And also um, probably pretty meditative, right? To just kind of stitch yeah. these lines and lengths of stitches and then whatever your heart tells you to do. Yeah, for sure. Which is very soothing. I bet. So, I bet. Um, I've been really enjoying working on those and I'm really excited to get this together to make it so if others want to make this critter they can um like me yes can't wait <laughs> um so, so so that's that and then i have been knitting on my uniform sweater mm -hmm. not a singles lady in the yarn department but it's the project that i've been trying to spend time on but i am excited about these inset pockets nice Sorry. job with those beautiful um so that i'm i get like a couple rows or more in each evening Good. but um that i'm trying to just let it take its time yeah um just because I don't need to rush through it for anything. And right. it's nice having a project that is relatively mindless. <laughs> yeah. So if yeah. we're just relaxing at night, it's of course. I don't really have to pay attention to it. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to share with you um, these are two singles yarns. I did not spin these recently. These were done over the last year, but I just wanted to show you. Mm, these and remember when I said that singles are always active because mm -hmm. they don't have a partner to hug. Well, oftentimes what you'll see, whether it's hand spun or commercially spun, like in a mill, are I'm gonna try to show you. See those little tiny twists? Kinks. Yep. Yep. Those little kinks. These are subtle. So sorry, my phone is ringing. I'm sorry. Okay. The technology um, is, is being interesting for yeah. us today. It's good. <laughs> so these little tiny slubby things mm -hmm. um, are where I had particularly too much twist. And because it wasn't plied, that extra twist wasn't released. There are ways you can release that twist after the fact. Um, but frankly, I don't mind. So I'm not going to worry about it. And then there was this other one. Oh my I gosh, made. that colorway is really pretty. So that is, I see aqua and royal blue and like a gray. Yes. All kinds blue. of things. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, and the other one is cream with flecks of um, all kinds of fun colors. colors. And these I both um, drum carded the colors. So I blended them by hand. Oh, you did your um, blending too. God, you might yeah. as well just have a sheep out back. You were really one taking day. all the steps back to the beginning. <laughs> Um, fantastic. So, you know, I think there is 
One last thing to be said about singles yarns in particular, especially when they are blended, which is a lot of what Noro does. Mm -hmm. Um, So that means the fibers may or may not be dyed, but they're dyed before they come together. Mm -hmm. And by blending them before they're spun, you just get these amazing colors and even textures mm-hmm. that you're simply not going to get in a yarn that's been spun and then dyed. Exactly. There's just exactly a level it's of a very richness. different process. Yep. Yeah. I just, oh, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, think of it as like for, for anyone who cooks, right? You know, when you, you start the base of something in a skillet, right? And you mm-hmm. want to get your garlic and onions in there first. And sometimes you, you put your spices in Mm-hmm. in the beginning right because you when you're making like a good chili say yeah you really actually want to stir around and sort of cook off the chili powder a little bit to really release a lot of flavor you don't want to just dump chili powder in your chili when it's all wet and <laughs> and whisk it in you know like you want to cook on those spices and it makes yeah. it more um pervasive and like you said it's richer so yeah. i feel like that's a good analogy for this like are the colors carded into the roving right but and that way or is it a dying technique after so i just you're right yeah. it's the the individual uh fibers not the individual plies or the individual color areas it's very different the way it's like integrated it's a yeah it's essentially in the yarn yeah yeah so so i like cool. that cooking analogy though <laughs> yeah I think it's fun for our, you know, our listeners who realize just how much there is to think about the different processes of, of what they're working with, you know, about how it was. It's beyond a lifetime of. There's a lifetime of knowledge in there. We'll yeah. never know it all. Nope. And nope. that's okay. It is. It's a good quest though to yeah. keep adding more. Yeah. <laughs> well, interesting. Cause I happen to have on my desk here, this hat, I've showed it before this, um, the knit, this Brisbane, the Queensland yeah. Brisbane yarn. So this is a subtle color wave color shift it's marled mm-hmm. okay so it's not only is it color shifting but it's marled as in more two different colors applied together yeah um versus the noro with the integrated color as you're talking about it's been carded in yeah um before it's spun and so that it's just different you yeah. know but they're both beautiful and have different uh prospects you know yeah. they have different things they'd inspire so fun yay all right. Did you want to share any more works in progress? Or are we moving towards our um, singles theme? What do you think? Oh, so I have one last thing to share. And I don't even have it in the notes because it was so last minute. That's all right. And it'll Hop be it super quick. Um, so I have this pattern that I got ages ago called, I see, I didn't even link to it for you, called That's the okay. Gilded Frame. It's a shawl. And mm-hmm. my lovely black and white picture does it zero just <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> and it's super washed out. Anyway, it's a two-color shawl that is designed to be adjustable in gauge and weight of yarn. And it dawned on me this morning while I was, like, running around doing stuff. I have the perfect yarn for this. Ah! Oh, also singles. Yes. And I was like, holy cow, this is perfect for today. <laughs> so I'm showing Amy something she's already seen she uh gave me these two skeins of hand spun singles yarn that are gorgeous and i think they will be stunning for this shawl and Mm -hmm. a really 
cozy year round wearing shawl. I mean, not in the middle of summer, but three season, I should say. Yeah. Like leave it on the back of a desk chair and throw yeah. it on whenever. Yeah. So I'm excited because I think that will be a project that will be good to start anytime because the it's a very simple shawl. Um, mm-hmm. So I think. Oh, that's going to be fun. That's something I'm going to start soon. And that will go really quickly. It's oh, just yeah. a basic. That's pretty bulky, that yarn. That's pretty chunky anyway. Well, and this particular, the designer's selected yarn is actually Madeline Tosh ASAP, which is similar in comparison to Malabrigo uh, Rasta. Perfect. So the it's des- it was originally or intentionally designed with a super bulky yarn. Now, this yarn isn't that bulky. But I think it's a little lighter, which is good for me. Yeah. But the yardage is there. So I'm excited. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be fun. That yeah. uh, that striping looking cake in that set of those. Yeah. That set of siblings there. The There's some surprises in there. There's some. Yeah. And I know because I swatched with a little bit. <laughs> there's like a run of like this gunmetal gray in there. Ooh. It just comes out of nowhere. You're like, what? It's awesome. Great. Oh, I can't wait. I'm excited to get that started and see how those play together. I think Yeah, we'll really have to good. put pictures of that in the show notes so people yeah. can see because we're talking about like a golden, like a honey gold um, and then a sort of wine, a wine red that has some gunmetal gray and some other things hiding. Yeah. So super fun. So- and also another small farm. I think that's also small farm yarn too. So that, that will yeah, be Yeah, they're both hand spun. Um, I guess I'll tell people, well, I'm sure we'll talk about this again, but, um, angle nook fibers is one. Are they both the same one? I don't know where this other one's from. Hello yarn.com, but it's squiggled out. Huh? So we'll, we'll investigate. We'll investigate. Awesome. Yeah. I'm so glad you added that. That's a good ad. Yeah. Excellent. All right. So theme of the day, singles. We have applied this to fiber chat. We've applied this to applied. Ah! <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. I'm not even going to bore you with all the Latin I could give you right there. Why not? I'll do it another time because we have okay. too much to talk about my friend. Okay. All right. So, uh, Two different takes on singles for our sort of lore. I went with the mythologies of some famous single ladies. All the single ladies. All, all the single, single ladies. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay, I'm done. <laughs> and you went for? I mean, how duh. could I not go for unicorns? The unicorns. <laughs> all right. So who should go first? Um, I would like to hear you talk about all the single ladies of the <laughs> mythological realm. All right. Well, mine are, I'm just going to give these briefly. So. Okay. Okay. So I went to just some Greek and Roman go-tos for some famous single ladies I thought I would share. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are in order from most mortal to least mortal. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> because I thought that would be fun. Yeah. Um, I like that. So I started with Atalanta, who was a Greek maiden, and then Daphne, who is a woodland nymph. Oh, yes. And then, of course, Diana, also known as Artemis, who is mm-hmm. a goddess. So mm-hmm. three quick stories about these three Greek and Roman tales, I will tell you. So Atalanta, she is famous for never wanting to marry. Good for her. Right? Why not? Yeah. 
She don't need a man. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Just some yarn, right? Yes. Definitely okay. some yarn. <sighs> um, right. So she was uh, sort of swearing off men and, and made that pretty obvious. She was awesome at lots of things that women typically weren't awesome in her time. Like one of the things she's known for is the Caledonian boar hunt. Whoa. Not the honor of first blood. Whoa. Which is really cool. That's intense. Um, and then she was awarded the the pelt and everything after oh, the, awesome. end of the hunt by Mel Yeager, who was madly in love with her awesome, like oh. what's the word I'm looking for? Um tomboy, like her tomboy athletic awesomeness. Okay. Anyway, so imagine this athletic, gorgeous woman on a boar hunt with all these men getting the first blood. So I cool. love it. Anyway, so she swore off men. <laughs> Many a man wanted to have her. She said, no, 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 no. And then finally, though, mm. she did marry. Oh. Um, she ended up marrying a guy named Hippomenes. He's also called Melanian. And he kind of ensnared her with a little bit of a trick. Uh-oh. Uh, and then some versions say she was all for it. So another version say... She was not, but okay. he uh, went and got three golden apples and she had said she would only marry the man who could defeat her in a foot race because she was so swift mm-hmm. and she, no, none of the men were defeating her in a foot race until this character shows up with three golden apples, which he's dropping on the path as a source of distraction. And she's stopping <sighs> to pick them up because how do you not? Uh, oh, I know. Dear. Anyway, so he defeats her <sighs> foot race and is awarded her hand in marriage. So she didn't stay single mm. forever. But she perhaps had a longer go of staying single successfully than maybe others at the time. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. And I'm going to say she was one of mm. a kind. Yes. Uh, and there are other stories about her. They say that she joined Jason on the Argo and the search the Golden Fleece. <gasps> yes. um, they say that she and Melanion got turned into a pair of lions because they got caught canoodling like hardcore in a temple. Oh. <laughs> yes. Well, oh, apparently oh, they oh. must have been overcome with passion at some point. It must have worked well, itself then. out. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a belief that lions couldn't mate with other lions, that they mated with leopards. What? Yeah, I know. Makes no sense. I never heard uh, that one. Yeah, so That's that was crazy. like their punishment for desecrating a temple. I don't know. There's cool stories about her. So anyway, oh my I gosh. like her. Uh. The second one is Daphne. Mm-hmm. You probably have heard of this one because she's famous for turning into a tree. Do you know this one? Yes. Yeah. But so, let's hear it. So the young god Apollo got into an argument with the young god Cupid about who was the more powerful of the young gods. They're both sort of like the teenage youthful Gotcha. They had had a macho moment. They had to prove sort of a mine's bigger than yours kind of a moment in regards Mm. to arrows. (laughs) Oh, arrows, was it? Arrows, was it? Mm -hmm. Yes. So Apollo said, Well, (laughs) I saved the world from a giant boa constrictor that tried to squeeze it to death, you know, haha, with my (laughs) arrows. Like, my arrow is stronger because I can bend anyone to my will with the powers of love, you know. Um, So they had a little spat. And what happened in the end was Cupid shot. Apollo with a golden arrow, which makes you fall in love with the first thing you see. And then ah. shot Daphne with a lead arrow, which makes you recoil from the first thing you see. And hence, oh. a chase begins. So poor Daphne, who wanted nothing to do with Apollo and nothing to do with men. Also, mm-hmm. like a woodland free spirit. Um, not, you know, in a way sort of undomesticated. I hate to use that word, but like no desire to, for family, hearth, and home, but just wanted mm-hmm. to be free with the animals and being awesome. Free spirit. Yeah. Yeah. And he chased her down. 
Hmm. and quite a tragical tale of a near rape um which she escapes by praying to her father who's a river that happens Mm -hmm. and she (laughs) said i don't want this i'll do anything for this not to happen do something so this doesn't happen so she turns into the beautiful laurel tree Mm. which then of course gets appropriated by apollo as a symbol of his anyway So if we were like, you know, in my Latin class doing literary criticism, we'd have a whole big discussion about was she raped anyway, because she became a token and she lost herself and it wasn't her choice. And we would have that conversation. But in this context, just suffice it to say, she remained untouched by Apollo in my book. She wins. Still. All right. (laughs) That's the story of Daphne. I love that one. That is pretty crazy man <sighs> strong women we need more of them we need we've got of lots them. of them in our world today but yeah and i like the stories take of no old. for an answer right <laughs> all right so what about artemis yeah so artemis. the last one i was going to tell is the tale of artemis and Actaeon. i don't know if you know this one i, I don't know that i do because of your woodland creature love um but she didn't want to be well, Di- I, let me just start by saying she's one of the virgin deities. So she's one of the few of the goddesses that remains unwed, doesn't have children, mm-hmm. and is surrounded by sort of female devotees who kind of live in their sisterhood with no need of men, um, which, of course, drives men even crazier and makes well, them yeah. her even more. So she's the subject <laughs> of many a chase. But what happened was she was bathing in the woods in a natural spring, and um, Actaeon, who was hunting, kind of accidentally came upon her and saw her. And she thought her modesty was compromised and she thought that she had been gazed upon by a man and was not okay with that. Um, And Actaeon was in the woods with his pack of hunting dogs and uh, which was a technique they use now also, but had, has been long used in ancient practice. And so her vengeance was to turn him into a stag and immediately the dogs turned on him um and chased him down and tore him to pieces poor guy so So don't be looking at what you shouldn't be looking at you peeper creeper (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh i will have to look i have an alternate version in one of my books of that story that i don't think is attributed to the same source Awesome. I don't know if the characters are named of the same names. Um, I'll have to look it up and uh, share that with you. Because I've read a story that sounds almost exactly the same as that, but just a little different. So fun. But I don't think it's the same story. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So that's the story of um, Artemis and Acteon. And in the link that I put in, it actually um, goes to Met Kids, which is a great website for anyone. Oh, cool. But I didn't look at that. Um, I just put a link there because there's a very famous tapestry that shows this. <gasps> I'm and going to look now. In the Met Kids site for that, it explains to children the idea of a loom and what how a tapestry works. Tapestry oh, cool. Works. And it even gives suggestions of how to make your at-home pin loom if you wanted to try that with your kids. Yeah. So it becomes a whole lesson in... Um, storytelling and fiber art so i just wanted to include that one well that is awesome yeah i love it and that's so interesting because some of those elements you just discussed in about that story i'm not actually going to be talking about them in depth but they tie into unicorns well fantastic segue so let's hop (laughs) let's do it 
Um, so I'll just discuss those, the little segue quick, because I wasn't really going to even talk about it, but that was just so perfect. Awesome. And one of those things is the tapestries. Um, unicorns were heavily depicted in tapestries for um, usually royal people or wealthy people. And one of the ideas behind that is that oftentimes in these tapestries, they are either guarded or captured, which was something that in certain times, points of time, was thought that a unicorn could not ever be captured unless by a virgin who was also like pure in mind and soul. So that is an interesting connection. Hmm. And then the other one is the hunting with Hmm. the pack of dogs. Um, Depending on the time in history unicorns exist and what type of unicorn you're looking at, um, some individuals or some people, I should say, believed that unicorns were ferocious beasts. Wow. And um, they were hunted and the ultimate goal was to get the horn. Right. Um, so I'm not actually going into depth about those stories today, but they tied really interestingly into that last story with Diana. Awesome. So anyway, on to yeah. <laughs> Do tell. Um, so unicorns are possibly the longest enduring creature in folklore, legends, and myths throughout the world. That's cool. In recorded and pre-recorded human history. Um, Our contemporary vision of a unicorn, which I have a contribution from Stella, my little one here. She drew her her vision of a unicorn for us, which I'll post this. That is lovely. Good job, Stella. Adorable. And this, anyone today looking at this picture of her drawing would say, Absolutely, that's a unicorn. That's it right. has kind of like a horse-shaped body and head, and it has one horn coming mm-hmm. out of its forehead. So this version of the unicorn, although iconic, isn't really what a real unicorn was, mm-hmm. um, at least not in the true historical sense going back to its origination and then even over time it it eventually evolved into this creature um so what i really want to talk about moreover than anything else is the documentation and lore about unicorns from what we know of anyway as far back as Oh, I have a specific date. Um, 2697 BC. Awesome. And so these unicorns I'm going to talk about won't really sound exactly like the unicorns that we are we picture when we say that. Mm-hmm. Um, and something else I really think is important to know is that um, unicorn accounts over time went through like the game of telephone. Mm. So you think about when you play that game as a kid, you know, you're whispering into the next person's ear what the first person said. It slowly changes over time. Mm -hmm. So not only is that a part of the story, 
But many of these recordings and accounts went through translations with people mm-hmm. who maybe weren't fluent in the original language right. or misinterpreted how to translate a word. And many of these accounts were not firsthand accounts. Mm-hmm. They were given to one person or seen by a person, and then they went through a series of passing it on to the next person. Um, so I think that's kind of important to think about because that really is a nice thread through the whole story of the unicorn to understand how we got to where we are today. Excellent. So awesome. I'm like ridiculously excited about this. And I know. I feel like I want to learn way more about unicorns than I ever did. So cool. All right. Tell us about the oldest the most ancestral version you found here. So the old, yeah, the oldest recordings of unicorns that we know of or that I could identify herald from China. And this, although it wasn't called a unicorn, it's been identified as a unicorn in the history of them. And this particular animal was called the Chilin and it was a benevolent creature and appeared at very special moments in time that signified a great ruler. And this could be for a current ruler, a ruler who was coming to the world soon, or it could also appear when a great ruler was passing on or dying. Mm -hmm. Um, So like I said, the first Chilin appears in 2697 BC, um, and it was said to have a magnificent coat in many colors, and its hooves made no sound when it walked. That was the description. Mm-hmm. So very vague. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, other descriptions after this time vary heavily, and the Chilin could have had that, or mo- almost always it sounds, had a head of a dragon and a mane that flowed upward. Like it was floating, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, It may have had one or two horns or the horns could have been in the form of an antler. And this was still placed on the forehead. Mm -hmm. And then they could have had a body that was either in the shape of a serpent, a tiger, or a deer. Or even like when they say serpent, like dragon-like, I guess, Mm -hmm. more than a typical snake. So Um, They always had four legs with hoofed feet in the descriptions I read, and they could have had any of the following characteristics on their coat. They could have had dragon or fish scales uh, in many different colors, uh, feathers, and sometimes flames. Neat. Neat. So that is the Chilin, um, which was fascinating. And, oh, I wanted to show you one artistic interpretation that is amazeable. <laughs> this, can you see oh, that okay? Yes. That is Isn't so that amazing? Cool. I love it. So, by the way, well, today's Lunar New Year's Day, by the way, that we're that's recording right. on. So, happy yeah. Lunar New Year to you, Year of the Although, Ox. When the people listen to this, it'll be after that. Yeah. Yeah. But yes. So, this picture, I'll include in the show notes it is just so cool and awesome and this one this particular picture 
is it has the dragon covered or the chilin covered in scales neat which is really stunning um so the other thing to be noted that this is the only case i found this instance is that the male and female chilins are separately defined hmm. um the male is the chi mm-hmm. and the female is the lin, but you can also use chi lin to describe them both. Okay. <laughs> but they have distinguished, distinct names for male and female as well. Cool. Okay. So moving on. Moving Next on. we have, I don't know how to pronounce this actually, and I couldn't figure it out. Uh, the rayem. Mm-hmm. Um, and this animal dates back to about 600 BCE, and it is first known to be depicted in a bas-relief in Babylon. And this creature, as it's carved, was shown in a strict profile view. Mm-hmm. So it appeared in the bas-relief to have one horn. Mm. However, yeah. Um, Further investigation over many, many years, they came to realize, archaeologists, I suppose, uh, I'm not actually sure who, but um, they came to discover that this was the depiction of an urus, which is an extinct species of cattle that had two horns, but because Mm -hmm. it was the strict profile view, it appeared to have one horn jutting out of its forehead, even though it had two horns. Yep. Yeah. so anyway, I thought that was really interesting and people identified this creature in the Bible and the translation went into the word either unicorn or monokeros, which hmm. was another name for a unicorn. Mm-hmm. So fun fact, unicorns are in the Bible and the word unicorn in the English translation shows up. There you go. So. I thought that was fascinating. And there's a really, I'm going to say, interesting history of unicorns in Christianity as well. I'm not going to be getting into that because it's mm-hmm. a whole, like, whole that could strand. be a yeah. whole other episode. But anyway, anybody who's interested, so cool. socks off. I love socks it. Off. All right. So next, we have this. This is where we really get into some good meat. <laughs> awesome. This comes into real unicorns okay and i'm not even lying to you people (laughs) so the indian wild ass or donkey or indian donkey was first recorded as far as i can tell and i'm have no idea how to pronounce this by tessius sure okay um and this is he was a greek physician uh and his recording was done around 400 bce and he gives a description not of a firsthand account, but one that was given to him from travelers and through translation. Right. So he's removed multiple times from this account of a unicorn or the Indian wild ass. Um, You can, I will link in the show notes if people want to read his full translation of his account or his recording of the animal. But it was recorded as a real and true animal. And based on reading his documentation of this animal, we believe the Indian donkey 
was actually an Indian rhinoceros. Yeah. And I'll talk more about that later to mm-hmm. back it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the what it sounds like is that his descriptions blended rhinoceroses with bits of antelope. Interesting. So whether or not someone was recounting to him multiple animals or one and there was mm-hmm. just confusion, you know, we can't really know. But based on what he's written about, where people are pretty sure he was describing a rhinoceros with some antelope elements attached. Um, The interesting thing about this, though, is that Hesius's descriptions of the Indian donkey go on to inform Aristotle and Pliny the Elder. Mm -hmm. And both of them record the unicorn as a real and true animal. Yep. Based on Hesius's descriptions. Um, And these descriptions and related illustrations really start to inform our modern day idea of what a unicorn is. They're Mm -hmm. still not refined in the way that we picture a unicorn in our Western culture is basically, I'm going to water it down, being a horse with a horn. Right. But it's, that's where it's going. Yep. So then- Going on, we have, and I hope you'll find this really interesting, in 346 BCE, um, King Philip II of Macedon, Macedon? Macedon. Macedon. Um, was given a magnificent horse that had the head of an ox. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this horse would later be known as Bucephalus, Alexander mm-hmm. the Great's most beloved companion and yeah. war horse. There is one legend I read, really interesting, that claims that Bucephalus was a unicorn. And Bucephalus had not only the one striking spiraling horn out of his forehead, but also a very particular tail that was emerald and resembled a peacock's. Fascinating. So I thought that That was worthwhile. I never heard that. No, it's in this amazing book I have. Fantastic. So I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Cool. Um, I thought great. that was That's just a good tidbit. Yeah. I love that. That was a fun find. Um, and oh boy, do I have more for you. <laughs> but we're, we're getting there. I'm almost done. Um, so next we have the really bad Carcadon, which is a man eating <laughs> Unicorn, apparently. Oh, my goodness. In in some accounts, these are man-eating unicorns. And the first recording, recorded uh, document that I could find was done in or around the 10th century. Um, And the Carcadan was a Middle Eastern unicorn. And it inhabited the areas of northern Africa, Iran, and India. Hmm. Um, But upon further investigation it does appear that the carcadon which was recognized as a unicorn is also a rhinoceros sounds like Um, in that area that would make sense especially given how dangerous they can be yeah and um so this the rhinos keep filtering in if you haven't noticed yeah yeah and Um, that's particularly from those areas that's yep yeah and then the interesting thing that I, i did read um, was that the only thing that could soothe or tame the Carcadan was the song of a ring dove. Hmm. So if ever you face 
the Carcadan. Hopefully, there's a ring dove. Quick, dove Google, nearby. Google. <laughs> Quick, find a YouTube video oh that records gosh. a ring dove song. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. So, right. <laughs> awesome. as a ring dove and coo your song. If That's you're right. near the Carcadan. I love it. Oh man. All right. So, I'm absolutely skipping over a multitude of other unicorns because there are actually tons. That's so cool, though. Which is amazing. Um, and I'm now going to get into our contemporary unicorns, um, which is basically a horse or goat-like bodied animal that has a single spiraling horn mm-hmm. coming out of its forehead. And they almost universally have a white coat, mane, and tail. Um, the horn, however, can be a variety of colors Hmm. that doesn't necessarily have to be gold or white or black. Sometimes it's multiple colors. Anyway, so this unicorn that we think of in our modern view, Mm -hmm. um, is really a mashup from a variety of legends, lore, and truths of unicornian creatures. Awesome. Um, And they combine to suit the needs of the people, it seems. Mm -hmm. Um, So depending on where you're reading about this, uh, our modern view of a unicorn, that the shape it takes and its characteristics and behavior are formed by the people, Mm -hmm. I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so the other interesting thing, this is a common thread, especially in contemporary versions of unicorns. And when I say contemporary, um, I'm going back to like thousands of years, Yeah, (laughs) but not like the B, not BC, like, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know anyway. Um, but one thing that is a common thread is that unicorn horns have been documented as being gifts and sought after prizes for the very wealthy and royalty. Hmm. Um, And these horns that are real are from rhinoceroses and narwhals. Mm -hmm. So these do exist. They were claimed to be unicorn horns. And if we go with the theme and acknowledgement that a rhinoceros was a unicorn, then that absolutely makes sense. And if you want to believe that a unicorn has that spiraling long horn, mm-hmm. then that fits perfectly with a narwhal. With a narwhal, of course. Um, yep. And these particular parts of the animals were believed to have special powers and magic. Some of their magic was medicinal in nature. Um, it, it thought to it was thought to be able to cure epilepsy. They didn't call it epilepsy back then i forget what it was called like the fainting disease or something um and others believed it was the powdered unicorn horn was an aphrodisiac Mm -hmm. and further and this is why it was sought after by royalty particularly kings and queens um it was believed that if you drank from a unicorn horn and the drink had been poisoned the unicorn horn neutralized that poison mm-hmm. and you, you would not be like stricken to death. Yes. Yeah. And some said, some of the accounts said that you could drink from it immediately after 
or it could identify poison in food or drink. Now, mm-hmm. how they did that, I don't really understand, to be honest. Me. Um, all right, so I'm wrapping it up now. And this okay. is where it all comes together. All that had to be said for this. Mm-hmm. Unicorns are real and mythical in the same breath. And mm-hmm. I totally believe in that. Yeah, I do too. Um, the documented firsthand accounts of unicorn sightings do actually exist. Mm-hmm. And they're really fascinating. And they reveal some really interesting things. And I'm going to share an excerpt of an eyewitness account of a unicorn from Marco Polo. Awesome. And obviously I'm reading from a translation. Of course. Um, So this is what Marco Polo witnessed firsthand. Okay. All right. They have wild elephants and great numbers of unicorns, hardly smaller than elephants in size. Their hair is like that of a buffalo. And I'm just going to say that's not a bison, by the way. Right. (laughs) And their feet like those of an elephant. In the middle of the forehead, they have a very large horn. Mm -hmm. Their head is like that of a wild boar and is always carried bent to the ground. Mm -hmm. It is a hideous beast to look at and in no way like what we think and say in our countries. So that is uh, an excerpt of Marco Polo's eyewitness account of a unicorn yeah this animal he described he was told and believed to be a unicorn Mm -hmm. and it was but the unicorn is a rhinoceros that's right that's clearly a rhinoceros (laughs) yes it is um and so i just think that's super fun. fun and other accounts that supposedly were documented are from julius caesar and the real King Arthur, mm-hmm. uh, these individuals, apparently there's, um, they saw unicorns in person. Um, and then you have to click on this link. Okay. And look at Lancelot, the living unicorn. Oh my gosh. So this, and I'll, cl- I'll, sh- we'll share the links um, in Look the at show his beard. Notes. I know. Look at his goatee. So these are the real unicorns and they are goats. Yes. And I believe they were a, a bred from two different species of goats. And the individual, I think it was uh, back in the 70s into the 80s that created this creature his goal was to recreate the iconic westernized vision version, I guess, of a unicorn. And he did it. Yeah. So people, if you're listening and you're like, yeah, okay, you're insane. Nope. You got to click on the link on the link and you will see the living unicorn, which appeared for about two years in the circus. I think, Barnum's circus. I'll have to go back and look. Cool. But um, there was a lot of controversy around this because at the time people were either totally enthralled and like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is the best thing ever. But then, you know, this is in the 70s and 80s and animal rights activists were like, Mm -hmm. no, no, no. What did you do? How, you know, this is impossible. This can't happen. And 
a lot of legwork went into outing the guy who created this animal. Yeah. And you can read it. You can read all the details. You can decide for yourself if you think it was right or wrong. Mm -hmm. But the animal was manipulated shortly after birth to have both of its um, what are called buds, uh, Mm -hmm. the horn buds, to merge. And then they grew together. Yeah. There you go. This isn't actually a naturally occurring incident. Yes. But I couldn't help but to share that because it is quite stunning to see, I have to yeah, say. it is. And my last thing to share about unicorns is my unicorn. Your unicorn sighting at yes, Rhinebeck. Yes. And I will share a picture of this in our show notes and on um, Instagram. But I saw a real live unicorn that was not manipulated. That's right. It just happened. Yes. And it, I believe was an Angora goat and it only had one horn and it's not in the center of its forehead. It's on top of its head to the side. Of course, but that's your unicorn. It is. And it was honestly so special to me. I know that sounds kind of silly, but I don't know. It was really special. And I will always cherish that. That's awesome. (laughs) And we'll put that in the show notes so everyone can see. Yeah. So awesome. I'm obsessed with unicorns now. Yeah. (laughs) Even more than you might've been before. Uh, Absolutely. Fantastic. (laughs) Might be a problem, but anyway. Oh goodness. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's time for foraging. You excited to forage? Rustle up. Russell, Russell, Russell. I found some cool things that I really love that I specifically feel like they all went with the different singles yarns that I'd played with. So that was sort of my Uh goal in picking these. So my first one is a beautiful color work sweater by Caitlin Hunter, Mm -hmm. who doesn't love her. Oh, I love her so much. I'm just (laughs) going to click on the link so I can look at the glorious thing one more time. Um, I don't know. Do you think it's Sipila? Sipila? I don't know the pronunciation uh, of the name of this powder. I don't know. I call it Sipila, but Sipila. whether or not that's how you say it, I have no idea. Well, maybe she'll call us. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? That so would be cool. this is a top-down <laughs> colorwork sweater. It's uh, all the samples are shown in two colors of gorgeous fingering weight, and she suggests a really uh, singles style yarn. And remember that swatch I made of the mystery yarn from Christopher Sheep Farm? Yes. So I happen to have uh, a generous amount of that natural and one really generous skein of like a valentine red and another one of a dusty rose pink. Are you going to make this sweater with all those fabulous yarns? Yes. So I'm going to split that color work in the yoke from my dark pink and my dust, you know, my dusty hued pastel pink and use the natural in the body. And one of the reasons it appeals is because I really like the short sleeve version and I will definitely be playing yarn chicken with mystery yarn. Um, Because I'm I'm not going to do the whole nitty naughty (laughs) thing and find out exactly what's there. So, but I think it'll be fine if I go with short sleeves. Yeah. And I think that that sweater is, I mean, I haven't, I don't have that one, but I've knit her, I've knit one of her other sweaters. And I think she very 
often works from the top down. Mm -hmm. Um, so you could, even if you had to adjust the body a little bit, yeah, it probably even says it on here if it's worked from the top down or not. Yes. I believe it is. Um, yeah. Top down. So it will be okay. It will be okay. Whatever happens. So have you ever knit a Caitlin, Caitlin Hunter pattern before? No, I've never done one of these Boylan Knitworks or Caitlin Hunter patterns. So I'm excited. I love her. Yeah. She's a good pattern writer, huh? The pattern's gorgeous. I've already printed it out and sort of studied it, but, um, it's very well done. Yeah. They're beautiful. And does this one have some illustrations in it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I wonder if she does that in all of her patterns. Cause I have, um, I knit the, um, Tecumseh mm-hmm. and, uh, I have another pattern in my queue and her illustrations that are in there are always so beautiful and I love them. Yeah, it is neat. So, uh, what Noel is referring to is instead of picturing the pattern, um, knit up in a sample on a model, instead she draws an illustration of the sample modeled uh, on the body and they're really beautiful beautiful. sort of lines they're really beautiful so it's kind of neat yeah so she's cool um and that's my plan for that for that singles yarn and it's going to be great someday someday that i think that would be great for springtime when i'm wanting lightweight yarn and a short sleeve yeah so awesome awesome. very cool what's yours i see some cool things here yeah so i've talked about this in the past before i finished it uh I, this right, this goes with our theme today. Oh man, is that cute? Um, so the miniature stuffed unicorn mm-hmm. by Delilah Iris. It, this is a sewing pattern. Um, it's a hand sewing wool felt pattern, but it also incorporates yarn for the tail and the mane. And that's this really cute. Yarn you might recognize as hmm. something made in the past. Hmm. Are those bits and bobs from me? Yes. <laughs> I recognize that green. <laughs> yeah. So these are, I thought they worked perfect for this little unicorn. So fun. Oh my gosh. We got to get um, a picture of that in the show notes. That's so yes. sweet. Yeah. So, um, Delilah Iris, uh, she's on Etsy, but she has a whole bunch of different sewing patterns. And of course this one is a little unicorn. Um, there's an option in this pattern to give it wings. Also, cool. I did not give this one wings, but um, anyway, her patterns, I have made a few of her patterns before. They're really straightforward, very easy to follow. And if you have never done hand sewing with wool felt, I would say she's a great place to start if anybody is interested in it. Mm-hmm. And um all her little designs are so precious. They really <laughs> so are. Then they, there are teeny tiny scaled ones. And yes. And look at this. So I just clicked on Etsy to see, you know, more images of the different samples. Yeah. And the first review I see by a reviewer named Kitty Sinclair, this is from May of 2018, says, I made it. I Aww. bought the fully expecting to never complete one. And Aww. I'm so pleasantly surprised. I'm generally quote crafty, but have zero sewing experience. See, there you go. She says the pattern intimidated me, but they were so darn cute that I just had to try. That's so such a great yeah. review. Yeah. And Love I agree that. with her. Her the These patterns are very easy to follow. They're straightforward. They're really cute. I love it's them. like, I don't know if you have the urge to try to make something like this, I would say, yeah. give it a try. Um, 
Really? Like, there's a whole herd of they're them. So free. Yes, a whole herd. So awesome. You know what? They really remind me of, um, they're like fiber tastic, like my little ponies is what they kind of yes. look like. Cause oh, they're yeah. in the same color palette, yeah. you know? Yep. Those I are great. Yeah. So check her out. She has tons of other designs, but, um, this was perfect cause I've actually made this and mm-hmm. you know, unicorns, I mean, you can't go wrong. <laughs> Obviously you can't. you can't. So can I ask you, um, since it's a small project and it is hand sewing for in, let's say, let's say you were a beginner, you know, do you think how many hours kind of was this sort of thing? Ugh. Is there, is there some grat- so, instant gratification based on the size once you cut this bad boy out? And, um, I mean, if you can thread a needle mm-hmm. and whip stitch, which is probably the simplest stitch. Yep. Oh man. I hate to give an estimate because I've been sewing for a really hand sewing for since I was little. Yeah. Maybe don't so then. I you don't, don't have know. to. I don't want to pressure you because I don't want you to feel like you're giving anyone a false impression. Yeah. I so what I can tell you is that I made this very quickly, like in a couple hours. Yeah. Yep. So an experienced sewist, a couple hours. I feel like I can say, I don't think it's a difficult pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, even, I don't know. I've, I've hand sewn other items that I thought were a little bit more challenging and I don't, I don't know. It's very straightforward. I would say five hours or less. And I'm yeah. really overestimating Yep. I yep. think. But yep. if you are listening to this and you try it and it takes longer than that, don't be sad. Don't be mad. Yes. <laughs> you you're just it. guessing. You're just <laughs> guessing. That's fine. I put you on the spot. I shouldn't put you on the spot. No, it's all good. I don't mind. All um, right. So what else do you have for us? The other one I want to mention, I think we might've touched on briefly when we were in Noro Ito land. Um, mm-hmm. but the Ito that I swatched, um, and fell in love with, I purchased for this asymmetrical pullover by Noro Designs. I don't know if they attribute it to an actual designer, if it's just Noro Designs. Let's see. It just says by Noro. Yeah. Um, It is fun. I've done the back, actually, and I'm actually working on the top. Yes. Well, I've had some time to fool around with it a little bit. Um, It's a quick knit because it's almost like an Aaron weight. It feels Mm -hmm. like a heavy worsted. And it's really neat. It's done in pieces and sewn together. And it's just uh, manipulates some shaping with increasing and decreasing on angle so that what you're sewing together feels just a little bit, um, almost like stained glass ish as, you know, like it gives, because things are multi-directional when they're sewn together, the self-striping changes directions. It has a little feeling of, um, like a little bit of a feeling of quilting, you know, like you cut things on an angle and then you sew them together, but yeah, it's knitting first. So (laughs) I'm enjoying it for that, but I will, I will give a little critique about the early conversation we had in this podcast about sizing Mm -hmm. that it's not a sizing inclusive pattern. It's only for small, medium, which they are talking about like 42 finished bust for, you know, 36 to 38 actual bust size. So while that's generous ease, um, it's not, not an inclusive pattern. And while I was struggling with some swatching that crossed my mind had that I wish there were some grading so that I could think about my swatching, but yeah. I'll just yep. check that out there, but I'm enjoying the striping and the different. The different it is genes. awesome. I can't yeah. wait to see yours. Cause I know your color palette is very different than the one pictured on the 
Yeah. It's shown um, in super sample. bright rainbow. So yeah, which is fabulous, but I'm excited mm-hmm. to see yours. Cause I, I know a little bit what your, what your yarn looked like. So yeah, I'm really the colorway to that. What's it called? Rain dance, rain dance. There's a lot of browns, Ooh. uh, the occasional mustard, a little bit of olive, but lots of that. browns and a little bit of maroon. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. So Very cool. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Your turn. Okay. This is my favorite game. So I love this part. <laughs> I do love our you, so, <laughs> It's so fun. I love what we dig up. It's so exciting. Um, you have to click on this link. So this okay. is uh, Heather Hickman art. And again, I'm in the unicorn land. Of course. And uh, I will also say any of you who are in on Instagram, check out her Instagram feed because it's amazing. Oh my gosh. Um, People are so good about that. (laughs) So I am recommending this artist because, well, she does a lot of unicorn things. Mm -hmm. She does other art as well. Um, But her illustrations, drawings, paintings are very whimsical. They're very diverse. It's not just the typical unicorn it's a white horse with a horn and a white mane and a white tail they're really fanciful beautiful varied interpretations mm-hmm. of unicorns um and i just love them so much they are beautiful <laughs> um, they're really i don't know they just there's something about her style of drawing that just really strikes a chord with me particularly. And I just stumbled, I had never known about this artist before. Um, and I stumbled upon her when doing our foraging, which is another great thing about it. Cause I look for things I might not find otherwise. These are so and neat. Yeah. I like her rendering of like youth she has some sort of young baby unicorn type yes motifs (laughs) that are very convincing um they're very expressive in a certain kind of sleeping baby kind of a way which is cool yeah and i'm also seeing because you know when you said winged unicorn earlier with the doll the toy i was thinking about alicorns yeah and i see she's she's concocted something here called a myrmicorn oh yeah uh, oh, which yeah. is like really cool. <laughs> it's like a sea serpent con unicorn. These are amazing. Yes. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I just, there's, They're great. I just look at them and I just am like, oh, I want to be in a world with these creatures. Yeah. yeah so take me amazing. with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, awesome. I would like to go into their world. That's great. Um, which that's is, great you know, for an artist, I think that's, you know, something, at least for me, like if you can pull somebody in like that, I mean, yeah, that's, that's a huge thing, I think. Anyway, so I highly recommend her art in general. So I'm not recommending like one piece or anything. She has a lot of unicorn work, but a lot of other creatures too. Um, so anyway, Nito. Heather Hickman art on Etsy. Fantastic. Yeah. And I think you have something else for us as well. I do. I have a hat that I want to mention. Maybe two Z's. We'll see. Um, <laughs> the first one is the Perky Little Hat by Sharon Lynch, L-E-N-T-S-C-H. Um, this hat is just fun because it's in Rasta. So 
to oh, once yeah. gain wonder of Malabrigo Rasta, which we so talked about earlier good. as the, the uber bulky, yummy mm-hmm. texture color experience that we know this yarn is and that I've sort of made a study soft. of for our singles episode. Yeah. Um, so it's also a little bit of a whip here. Let's see. You see it? Awesome. So this is it's my cherry beautiful. vanilla skein that I, which is kind of like splatter dyed. Yeah. Um, very splotchy that I swatched up for the episode. And then I started on this hat and it's just fun. It's just so fun. Awesome. So yeah. question for you about mm-hmm. this one. Um, so you said one skein. Does that include the lush pom-pom on top? See, that's that the thing. Separate? I'm wondering. I think it will. Just I'm okay. getting my a gut feeling is telling me I'm gonna get there with this pom pom. Okay. Um, but I also was thinking that a pom pom out of this stuff, the kind of I like my pom poms to have some girth. <laughs> so I like to fatten them up before I <laughs> slaughter them. So I don't know. I, no, I think it would, no gangly pom poms no, for you. Yeah, no, no, definitely no, oh no slender, gosh. no lithe, no lithe pom poms. No, that's not what we do at all. Oh gosh. Um, so I'm, I'm wondering <laughs> if this will just be kind of heavy because the hat's already heavy, you know, because this yarn, I don't know. I know that sounds like a silly thing to say, but I must have a no. sensitive head, but I don't like a heavy hat. So I will say I knit a hat in a super bulky yarn, uh, a slouchy hat first, actually Stella, and it has a pom-pom on top. And it seems fine. It's super seems cozy. Fine. Yeah. It's not so, going to weigh me down. It's not going to hold me back. I have a feeling it'll only bring you up. Okay. I'm not going to get places <laughs> slower because of the aerodynamics of this pom-pom on my head. No. And actually, <laughs> you'll be taller. I'll be taller. You'll uh, be able to ride more roller coaster rides because oh, okay. you'll definitely. That's right. <laughs> That's no, right. I'm just being absurd. Sorry. I love it. Absurd is perfect. Oh. But anyway, yeah, I think that's the, that's the last one I wanted to share, but I just wanted to show a, um, some fabric, you know, it's really so fun. worked up in this really fun. I know. What and- do you, I mean, I saw a colleague of mine, I was walking to work and she was walking her dog and I, I laid eyes on her and I thought, aha, that head <laughs> right there is the, where this hat's going. I just need to finish it and be like, surprise. Like I just, you know what I mean? It's, that's that yeah. kind of project. Like it's on my oh, desk. I'll my do gosh. two rows when I take a phone call and put it down. And I just yeah. have a feeling it's going to be on her head because it's fun and crazy, colorful I and squishy. And you just got to like do it and give it away. You know, <laughs> I don't need a hundred of those in my life, but she could really use one probably. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So that. it's a good gift knit too. Quickie. Yeah. And I saw, uh, just in case anyone's wondering, that was only a $3 pattern. Yeah. I thought it was really reasonable. Yeah. Super yep. cool. Excellent. I love it. Yeah. It uses that, um, you know, the yarn over knit two together technique that kind of makes this angled look on the brim. So we'll put pictures in our show notes. Yeah. It's fun, especially bulky. It really pops. Yeah. Very good. All right. Curious and curious. (laughs) That's right. You love doing that. I I really do. I do that in my own daily life, you know. <laughs> Good. I, I'm, I'm really not glad. Even kidding. I'm so glad. Um, so I have a film to recommend. Nice. I love but that. There's a caveat here. Mm. Um, and the caveat is this is a film from 1955. Hmm. And 
the last time I saw it, I was probably a teenager. And it took me forever to find refind it because I couldn't remember the name, but I knew mm-hmm. like what it kind of was. So anyway, I eventually found the name, but I really wanted to rewatch it and I couldn't because I couldn't find it anywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I haven't rewatched it. So the details are very fuzzy for me, but mm-hmm. I remember this being a very fascinating film and it's about a unicorn. Excellent. <laughs> about my kind of unicorn, a goat that has one horn. Um, and mm. I don't, I'm not giving anything away because that's literally what's on the cover for the, mm-hmm. the film. Um and I really don't remember anything else except that I really enjoyed it. Okay. And so we'll take your word for it and then we'll have to go find it. Yeah. So if anybody finds it, tell me. Um, I'm going to try to see if I can find a hard copy somewhere. Because uh, you can like get it online if you have certain streaming services. Yeah. But I don't have any of the ones that it's available on. A kid um, for two farthings. Yes. As did an I baby even goat. say it? I don't I'm not sure know. you did, so I just decided to. <laughs> Sorry. I think you might not have. <laughs> I a got kid ahead for of two myself. Farthings. I know yes. you got excited. Um, yeah. So I just remember it being kind of magical in a way, but not magical in like an animated movie about unicorns magical, like mm-hmm. a more true to everyday life magic Mm -hmm. um and how and this is like really rough memory that I'm going from but like how that kind of everyday magic is important and I really think that's true and right now I think we all need a little extra magic in our lives to kind of lighten things up or whatever so anyway if you can find it (laughs) Check it out. And um, if I ever watch it again, I will we'll give a re-review mm-hmm. of what it's really like. Because maybe my memory is totally off and it's horrible. <laughs> right? Well, that would be funny. We'll have to see. Oh, anyway. We'll have to see. So that awesome. was all. <laughs> I think that's great. I'm going to look for it. Okay. All right. <laughs> so... Our next episode will be the second in our trio of our March miniseries, correct? Mm-hmm. We will be recording after singles. What comes after singles, Noel? Dos. Dos. Two. Doubles. Double. Right. Yeah. Get excited. Double so, trouble. Double trouble. That's what we should call it. <laughs> That's what we should call Ooh. it. Good one. Good one. Uh, yeah. So we'll be looking at our next multiple, which will be doubles. I think that you are knowing you <laughs> there'll be some sort of two-headed creature Almost thing definitely <laughs> fantastic i can't wait um and i plan to really take it in the fiber world and take a long hard yes. look at all kinds of little issues i've been mulling over and topics i've been thinking about related Excellent. to doubling so we're so looking forward to that next time yeah it'd be great all right well, it's so, so long for now as it's time for us to return to the woods to forage some more. But we'll be back soon with more stories and stitching. Until we meet again. Happy stitching. Happy stitching. Happy stitching.